I love running, you know, as you know, you probably hear me say it a lot. And as a result, you know, you're probably going to hear a lot of running examples in the preach uh, from time to time. And because right now is the running season. For me, there's only two seasons, running season and not running season. And so right now I'm doing a lot of long distance runs. You know, this week I was bummed a little bit because, uh, you know, I hurt my hip. I was out uh, planning to do an 18K run. And I only ended up doing 11 because I hobbled a lot because my hip was bothering me. So it's resting. And this coming week, we're going to get that 18K. Amen. But listen, so uh, I was running. I was running. Thank you, Jesus, for this AC. Uh, but I was running this past week. And as I was running, man, I, 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 was, I, was, I, was, I was in my zone, fam. I'm, I have my headphones on, uh, and I'm always listening. I'm listening to all sorts of, when Jesus says, yes. No, and I'm jamming. I'm going, I'm going in. Leon runs with me, and he's always like, he's like, bro, you're always playing eardrums. He's like, I just try to act. I'm, I'm running near to you, but, you know, sometimes I don't really want to run next to you. Because you're just, you're out here in your imaginary drums playing the guitar. He's like, you're just doing all sorts of stuff. You like that too, Daniel? So you know what I mean? It's like, I just love, I love having a jam. I'm just in my flow. I'm in my groove and I love running. And so at this point, I'm going off. I'm, I'm you know, I'm getting ready to come around the corner, you know, and I'm stoked. I'm like, let's go. Let's go, fam. Like, I'm, yo, the man and them are going to beat out my last time. Like, it's about to go. I'm going, I'm just, I'm just in it. And suddenly, out of nowhere, I see this little, this little uh, moped, little motorcycle type thing on the sidewalk, fam. This man is all up on what it was. Actually, it was a, a lady. Um, she just comes, and she's just like about to, about to buck me in my leg back, right? And so I'm like, what the? I'm like, what in the world, right? So I turn around. I'm like, what's going on? And she goes by, and she's like, bam, bam. Bam, and she's going off. Yo, the man and them were in our feelings, fam. Honestly, I was about, she was about to get jumped, you know. Uh, no, no, I'm just joking. But I'm like, yo, if you are on a moped, why in Sam Hill are you going to be driving, first of all, on the sidewalk as opposed to on the road, right? And so I was vexed. The man and them were vexed. It actually messed me up. You know, when you're trying to be spiritual, in your head and you're speaking in tongues to yourself you're like yeah tobo shake and i'm like in my head i'm like jesus you know wipe it out no this didn't happen i'm trying but i was just getting so bent i was just vexed because it was just in me right and 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 eventually as i was getting mad and i was going i'm running i'm going around the corner the lord checks me and he says did you think that you were the only person on the sidewalk the issue was, come on somebody, somebody sees where I'm going with this thing. The issue was not that she was on the sidewalk and she almost bunks me. You don't know about bunks in somebody. <laughs> the issue was that I thought I was the only person on the road and I was not cognizant, come on somebody, of others who were also going in the same direction. And as a result, as a result, there was a hindrance that took place and there was a challenge and there was, there was friction that happened all because I was in my own zone and not paying attention to anyone else. Are you with me? I love this because as we jump into our passage today, we find that Joshua, Joshua is an individual that is not selfish. And the challenge with many of us today, the reason why it is that we're not experiencing what it is that God has for us is because, especially as leaders, we are in and operating in a selfish manner. 
It's about me, myself, and I. It's the with him. It's about what's in it for me. And we're going through life's journey without thinking about how what we do will impact other people. Are you with me on this morning? And so here, here in the text, we find that Joshua is an individual that is not just thinking about himself. Instead of, you know, him being at the end of his life and getting ready to pass away and all of that, because that's what's taking place before he leaves this earth. He makes the decision that he is going to impart and he is going to think about and he is going to challenge the individuals that are under his leadership. Those who are following behind him, those who would be there after it is that he got up out of this place. He decided that he was going to challenge them. So he starts by rehearsing to them. He starts by rehearsing to them all of the things that God did. He starts by bringing to the remembrance all of the incredible ways that God made for them as they were following Joshua's leadership. And then we find that he goes, he goes in verse 14 now, and he, and after uh, verse 14, he, or at verse 14, he declares and says, now therefore, fear the Lord. Somebody say, fear the Lord. Not talking about being scared of God. Many people, they hear this and they think about being scared of God. No, there are different types of fear. There's fear in terms of being petrified or being frightened. But then there's fear in terms of, uh, in terms of, be, of reverence. And he's saying, revere the Lord. In other words, have this healthy fear, this honor of God. Are you with me? And then he goes on and he says, and serve him in sincerity. In other words, from your heart. Don't do it because somebody told you to do it. But he says, serve in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods of your father, serve beyond the river in Egypt, and serve the Lord. And if it's evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your father served in the regions beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose the land, land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua challenges them. He challenges them based upon what God has done for them. And he, he proverbially takes them to the water and gives them the opportunity or the choice as to whether or not they were going to drink. And so when we're thinking and when we're talking, especially about this Roots and Wings series, we're talking all things leadership. We're talking all things, uh, you know, generations. We're talking all things, you know, being planted and still yet being able to progress. However, this is now, watch what we're talking about. We have to be able to identify godly leadership. As it pertains to roots and wings, we need to know what godly leadership looks like and what ungodly leadership looks like. And so can I give you point number one? It's going to be on the screens for you. I'm accustomed to saying the screen. And I'm getting accustomed, now I'm learning to say uh, the screens. Here we go. Godly leadership will take you to the water but won't force you to drink. Pick it, pick it. Godly leadership will take you to the water, but won't force you to the drink. To drink. Note this. Joshua is in a position where he is rehearsing all of these things before God, uh, that God has done before the people of Israel. He rehearses, he talks about it, he tells them about it, right? And then he doesn't tell them, you better do this or I'm gonna knock you out. Or He says, you choose and you make the decision 
You make the decision. He can take them to the water, but he is not in a position where he is forcing them to drink. We live in a culture, watch this, and, and actually, you know what? Notice he doesn't just point them to the water, but Joshua is a servant leader. Can I just talk about it? There are many in leadership today who are in a position where they tell you to do something that they're not doing for themselves. This is why this is why Joshua, he not only he doesn't just point them in the right direction, he takes them in the right direction and then he lets them know what he's going to do. And we live in a generation. This is why I can't stand when I go to churches and leaders are sitting on the front row with their legs crossed while praise and worship is going on and the praise and worship leader is doing everything up front except taking out an AK-47 and telling you to praise him and they're sitting there with their legs crossed while everybody's going nuts and then they show up on the stage and be like praise him and y'all ain't praising him when they've been sitting in the front looking crazy the whole time y'all gonna be with me this morning see we keeps it all the way 100 and the fact of the matter is that this is the case in many regards. And so godly leadership and healthy leadership is not just going to point you in the right direction, but they're going to take you there. Come on, somebody. But even when they take you there, it's not their responsibility to choose for you. This is why I'm going to tell you all about giving and I think we do a disservice as leaders when we don't challenge people in their giving, when we don't challenge people to, 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 to grow as individuals. Come on somebody, oh I'm scared I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings. I'm glad my parents were not scared of hurting my feelings. But even, watch this, even with them taking me in the right direction, come on, they still cannot force me. And I've been in situations where to get people to give, leaders have said all sorts of heinous things. Where they've told people, I've seen it, if you don't give, your loved one is going to die in a car accident. Oh, y'all, I've seen, I, I'm, I'm, any witnesses seen abusive uh, leaders use tactics like this to try and get people? I've seen it over and over again. And many of you, the reason why you've been turned off from Christianity, this ain't my message, but this one is for free. The reason why you've been turned off from Christianity is not because God is not in the house. It's not because God is not good. It's not because there aren't any good leaders out there, but it's oftentimes because you've been following after individuals that are abusive and not godly and consequently you have been in a place where you've been disappointed and hurt and you haven't recovered and consequently instead of going and finding a house where healing can take place you've gotten into a place where you've given up on God and I love it because even stories like Kahin's that she was sharing that she was out of church she was out of church for a long time and that's many of your story and the reason why you decided to come to serve city God drew you and led you here and when you got here you're like oh this is different and I'm telling you serve city is not the only place where these environments take place don't let one bad representation of a whole cause you to throw the whole out how, anyway, okay, got to move on. So we don't guilt people into doing things. We take people to the water, but we can't force them to drink. Are you with me? And then, you know, with this being said, because many of us, watch this, we rely, we rely on, on leadership in order to do what we need to do. So we rely, there are too many people who worship their pastors. 
and who worship those who are in positions over them or who are in a position where the only time that you see God is when you're in a position where you're hearing the preach word. Come on, somebody. You can take people to the water, but you can't force them to drink. I say it over all the time, and I'm going to say it again. You do not just eat one day a week. And then the, you, you eat on Sunday, and then you eat on Monday and Tuesday. And when the church is the only environment where lots of people only eat once a week. You cannot rely on your leadership. Come on. Godly leadership will point you in the right direction and take you there. And they're, they're going to give you the opportunity. I'm challenging you. Come on. I believe that growth is getting ready to take place in this house. I feel a revival in this house. Come on, somebody. Yeah, we're the same people, but I believe it's a new season. Come on. And I'm believing that there's individuals getting ready to grow to the next level because you're not just going to be a Sunday Christian. Don't worship your leader. That's why lots of people only show up to church if the pastor is preaching. Some people, y'all don't want to be real with me. Some people, they ask, they ask, who is it that's preaching today? Oh, oh, okay, I'm not coming. Come on, somebody. But when you are relying on God and his word, when the food is good in the house, come on, somebody. It don't matter who the chef is. I'm coming to eat. Come on, somebody. I just feel this preach. But it doesn't matter who's preaching. As long as the word is going forth, if and when you are in a place where you are relying on God and not a person. Can we just keep it real this morning? So godly leadership will take you to the water, but won't force you to drink. Consequently, you need to peep this. You have options. In fact, look at somebody, look at somebody. We like talking to each other in this church. It helps you stay awake as well. Look at the person beside you, give them a high five, tell them you got options. Come on, tell them you got, you got options. I don't, know what to, I don't know who told you that you don't have options, but no, baby, you have options. You are not boxed in. The choice is yours. And so Joshua shows up and he challenges them as it pertains to their lives and going forward. He says, look at all the incredible things, Laura, that God has done for us as a people. And then after he challenges them in that regard, he says, now it's your time to choose. Choose this day who you are going to serve. And he challenges them. Notice before this, he takes them to the water and says, this is the right choice, but you still have the opportunity to choose. And so even though you have options, here it is, I want you to understand that in order to have wings that can take you where you need to go, and you need to go and listen to last week's message if you missed, if you missed it, in order to be rooted and still move forward, You've got to make the right choices. Somebody say the right choices. Point number two. Can I give you point number two? Are you still with me? Here it is. It's going to be on the screens for you. We must be decisive in order to be productive and protective of our purpose. Let me read it again. We must be decisive in order to be productive and protective of our purpose in order for us to grow and protect as we talked about you know your leaf will not wither and what you whenever so whatever you do will prosper that's what we shared about last week the only way that can happen is if you are in a place of decision as opposed to indecision I cannot stand talking to people that are like oh my gosh I don't know and you ask them a question you're like do you want to go do you, you know I don't know if you ever been if you're married and you've been to the drive-through line uh, with your spouse I'm just gonna look over here and I cannot stand, fam. 
When I'm like, babe, what do you want? Um, I think I want a number uh, seven. I'll be like, ma'am, can we get a number? No, actually, babe, hold on one second. Um, I think I'm, I cannot stand getting in the drive-through line with my wife because people that are indecisive, you're not indecisive, you made the right choice in marrying me and I love you, praise the Lord. But it is difficult to go anywhere when you are in an indecisive place. Come on, somebody. And there are many of you, you're wondering why it is that you are spinning wheels and you're not going anywhere and it's because you are living your life in neutral. Come on, somebody. You know, how many of you know that when a car is in neutral, it's not going anywhere? When a car is in neutral and it's on flat land, you can get away with looking like your position to go somewhere. But the challenge is that when the light turns green, the people who are behind you start to get frazzled and you start having some unpleasant uh, interactions with people and fingers start flying all over the place. And the reason why is because you're blocking those who are trying to go move to move forward. Oh my, you got to sometimes watch your company. Come on, because there are a lot of you that God is trying to make some moves in your life. And the reason why you can't go nowhere is because of indecisive people. Or you might be that indecisive person and you don't realize that sometimes you can hold your whole crew up because you're living life in neutral. Oh man, I feel this preach. And so you're on the, when you're on the flatlands, it's easy to get away with it because you have the appearance. You have the appearance that, you know, that you're in gear and that's your position. I feel like there's deliverance in that word for somebody. Somebody, you need to just change your circle because you've been run wondering why you can't move forward. And it's people blocking your way and hindering you from moving forward. And you've just been rolling. Come on. I don't care if we've been friends since the third grade. I'm a grown tail person now. And we, y'all don't want to be real with me. We moving forward in these streets and you're not. grown tail person we're gonna keep it sanctified amen i'm not gonna have you say that to your neighbor but it's not as easy to deal with neutral on the on the hill come on somebody anybody ever been on the hills of life and there's something that's called gravity and gravity is like sin or sin is like gravity because the challenge is that when you're on a hill, who am I? Can I just paint the picture? As soon as you get on a hill, when you are in neutral, what's going to happen is you're automatically going to start rolling backwards. You are in a position where you are going to roll back or even if you were rolling forward and it's not of your own volition, you're not out of control. Come on. One of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. Come on, somebody. And you be in a position where you start backing into cars and jacking stuff up and breaking things because you're in an indecisive place. Are you with me? you're always you're always gonna things will be out of control i tell people all the time a lot of times people say oh god wants you know i i like being in a place where i'm just you know just cruising and everything what no god has called you one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control your life is not supposed to be all over the place god has given you by his spirit and wants to give you the manifestation of self-control who's with me still and so you got to get to the place, watch this, the reason why many of us are indecisive is because of the fact that we can't see the whole picture right now. Any witnesses? I've been in that place before. 
I've been in that place and even in certain things in my life right now, I'm looking, I'm like, God, I cannot see the whole picture. What in the world? How in the world are we going to go? What am I going to do? What's going to happen in five years? What? When you get kids, your questions start changing. When you have kids, you're starting to wonder. You ask God stuff that you didn't, you would never have asked him uh, before this. When you start getting children or when you get, you know, and there are many of you, God has been telling you and challenging you to make moves forward. And watch this. You've been, hind- you've been in a place of being hindered because you can't see beyond. God has not called you to be faithful with the future before you get there. He's just called you to be faithful with what it is that he's revealed right now. Come on, somebody. He says in Matthew chapter 6, take no thought for the things of tomorrow. Let tomorrow take care of itself. He says for sufficient for today are the problems and the troubles of today. Who's with me on today? God has not called you. To be to a place where you're worrying about tomorrow. Our problem is, you know, we inherited this from our roots. It's the need to know too much. The reason why sin is hereditary. The reason why we are screwed and jacked as a human race in need of salvation is because of a tree called the tree of knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil. It's because God revealed to Adam and Eve what they needed to know in order to enjoy, to enjoy the greatness of the garden that he put them in. And they got to a place, can I just teach for a second, watch this, look, because they got to a place where they allowed Satan to tempt them to say, hey, we need to know as much as God right now. Who's to say that God at some point would not have revealed to them all that they wanted to know when they, instead of them being in a position where they tried to go and uncover this thing prematurely? Come on, somebody. And so their need to know more than God chose to reveal to them at that moment put them in a position where their life got jacked up. Man, I'm preaching. I wonder if anybody's grabbing this. It put them in a position where sin ended up jacking up their lives. And not only that, those of us who can behind them are now plagued by sin as a result as well are you hearing what I'm saying this morning it was because of the need to know more it was the need to know more and so many of you the reason why you're in a place of indecision I showed up to challenge you today that it's time for you to get out of the boat come on somebody God is calling you to make the choice and put that car in gear so that you can move forward and have the wings to get to everything that it is that God has called you to look at somebody tell them it's time to get in gear come on get in gear give somebody a high five tell them it's time to get in gear Stop living in neutral. Stop living in neutral. Be to the place where you steward what it is that God has called you to do. And so moving forward, you know what? I, I love this and write this down. I don't have the time to go into it today. But Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27 is a parable. And it talks about the different responses that we have as it pertains to hearing the word of God. And he says, when you hear God's word, when your leader or your word or the or the or where you are uh, and in your study and your connection with God, when you feel compelled and you hear God's calling to you to go to another in, in, in the right direction. And he says, when you choose to do what you're told and what you hear, he says, you are in a position where you're building on a rock. And then he says, but when you decide, when you hear God's word and you go in the opposite direction, you're building your life on sand. Uh 
Remember, we're talking about roots and wings. So we're talking about the foundation that we're establishing. And he says that the winds and the rains will come. Notice both houses get hit by the rains and the winds. Building on the strong foundation doesn't mean that you're not going to have any problems. But it means, oh my God, I just feel this, that the cares and the troubles, come on, your car's breaking down and your relationship's getting jacked up and loved ones walking out on you. I wonder if it's one or two people that know that God is faithful and when it is that you are founded on a strong foundation, the winds and the rains cannot destroy your life. Some windows might break out, but I'm still standing. Oh man, I feel this. My roof and some shingles might blow off, but I'm still standing. Who's with me? Are there any witnesses that can give God praise in this moment because you're still standing? Come on. People walked out on you, but you're still standing. They talked about you and they lied on you, but you're still standing. Somebody give God praise. You went through sickness, but you're still standing. Your body was rocking with pain. You might even be in pain right now, but you're still standing somebody ought to give God praise because he's been good you're seeing other people blessed and the things you want is not happening in your life but you're still standing give God the praise because when you're founded on the Lord you can no come hell or high water you can still be standing give him the glory Listen, listen, so as we move forward, so you got to make good choices, knowing that when you make these choices in response to what you hear, that it positions you to be able to have security. I'm referring, your leaf will not wither, I love it, and whatever you do will prosper. And so, you know, in talking about responding to what it is that you've been shown, make the choice. Here it is, this is what we need to do. Point number three, I'm almost done, somebody say point number three. Here it is, you got to build a new floor out of the previous generation's ceiling. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to build a new. So there are things that your parents have taught you. There are things that your pastors have taught you. There are things that leaders and people who are, they've taught you. And in the fact of the matter is, like I told you, even with Moses, they may have even jacked up. Come on. But I told you that can even be used as fertilizer. How about we use it this way? It can even be used as cement so that you can make a new floor out of their ceiling. The gener you should not be living in the same room as the previous generation. You and I should be going further than any of the leaders before us. Can I just stay on this generational thing? I'm telling you, you've got to build. Use the, even, even in a building. Uh, Pastor Trice and I, we were looking through here and we were talking about the floor and the floor is made out of concrete. And the fact of the matter is that uh, as a result, you know, the only reason we are even in this uh, auditorium is because there was a room below us that was built first. This auditorium wouldn't exist if there was not a room that was below us. And so our response has to be not just to talk about how incredible grandma or grandpa was, but it ought to be where our response is to build a new level and go further, come on, and higher than, it, than, than, uh, than what it is that they showed us. Are you with me? And leaders, and I said it last week, and I take this opportunity, our responsibility is to push the next generation forward into another level. Watch this, why? Because look, even with Samuel, 
Samuel is a story in the Old Testament, and I don't have time to turn there, but I'm going to summarize it. And we see that Samuel is a miracle baby. His wife, his mom, Hannah, decides to take him to the temple. He takes him to the, she takes him to the temple uh, to dedicate him to the Lord and has him there committed to the Lord in his service. And Eli, who becomes Samuel's mentor, and his leader who represents a generation before him watch what happens here samuel in this moment he ends up in in, in our first samuel chapter 3 you can go check it out later samuel is in a place where he's in his room and as he's in his room he starts hearing the voice of god peep this he hears a voice which we know is the voice of God because of, it, because of uh, expositing the text as we look later. But who does Samuel run to when he hears the voice? He runs back to Eli, who is his leader. Oh man, I hope somebody sees where I'm going with this thing. So he thinks the he's accustomed to hearing the voice of God through his leader. Come on, somebody. And so what happens in that moment, he runs back to Eli and he says, Eli. And he says, I heard this thing. And Eli says, go back. And then he hears it again and he comes back. And Eli says, he doesn't say, oh, he thinks I'm God. He thinks I'm the voice of God. I'm just going to be in a position where I just keep him here. And so every time he hears that, I'm going to act like I'm God. Come on, somebody. And I'm going to try and take the position of God instead of pushing him to build a new floor on the ceiling that I brought him to. Oh, my. I wonder if somebody sees this thing. And so he says, listen, don't idolize me. When it is that you hear that voice again, say, speak, Lord for your servant heareth, heareth and so he pushes he pushes samuel to a place where samuel now begins a relationship with god for himself i'm trying to tell you a leader's responsibility is just to point you to build a room come on somebody and a, a ceiling that you can build a new floor on but you shouldn't be to the place where you've been in this christian walk for years and years and years and you are the only relationship that you have with god is through your leader oh man so we build a new thing out and i'm telling you this is why older people are needed here some of y'all come and you're like oh this church is for young people no i'm yes we love young people but i'm telling you we need some strong shoulders to stand on come on mentors come on we we honor you we honor you we're grateful for you come on we need your wisdom to build new levels on you are not antiquated. You are necessary. Can I give you my last two points and then I'm out of here? Joshua chapter 24. He goes on and he says in verse 15, I'm almost done. And if it's evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. There's a choice again. Whether the gods of your father serve in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, he says, we will serve the Lord. There are many of you that are in leadership positions. Watch this. And the reason why you are not making choices is because of those you are being hindered by those who you are leading. Give me point number four. Watch this. Don't let those you lead hinder you from making the right choices. 
You might be in a position where you are leading your children. Come on, somebody. Where you are on a, in a position where your kids may be hindering you. Come on. From doing what it is that God has called for you to do. It might be in a position where you are in a place of mentorship. And your mentees and those that you are leading in that regard are hindering you from making the right choices. How about Moses? That's why Moses missed his destiny. And the reason why Moses missed his destiny is because he was pissed. Can I just say it? he was upset you know you didn't know that church folk could piss you off he was ticked all the way t-i-c-k all the way off by the people that he was leading and as a result God told him speak to the rock and the water will come out and the people were grumbling because they decided that even though God had done some incredible things in their lives they wanted to grumble against their leader as if he was God come on and Moses got ticked and he decided that he was gonna hit the rock when God told him to speak to it God gave him instruction, but those who he was leading got him to a place where they, uh, he allowed them to hinder him from doing what God has called. I mean, I know that you love him. I know that you are called to be in a position where you put, but I'm telling you, not one of these jokers was able to stop Joshua from declaring, yes, I'm telling you what to do, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What is your choice? What is your choice? I mean, are you allowing those who you lead to hinder you from doing what God has called you to do? It says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And then lastly, I love it because as we come to a close, and Courtney, you can join me. You come to a close, point number five, if you go there with me, here we go. Make decisions that are informed by a knowledge of how they will affect those following you. I started out with the story about the bike and all of this sorts of stuff and the person coming, uh, coming up behind me and almost hitting me because of the fact that she told me, she was like, I was trying to get your attention for five minutes. That's what she told me. She was like, I was trying to get your attention for five minutes. And so I realized, I'm like, it was a while that I was riding, that I was running in my own zone, not paying attention. And look at this. Joshua says, he doesn't just say, as for me, we will serve the Lord. I will serve the Lord. He says, as for me and my house. In other words, those that I'm responsible for. He's not being hindered by making the right decision, but he is thinking, his decision making is informed with the knowledge of his household. And how it's going to affect, that just shows me that he was thinking about his household. The decisions that many of us are making, we're making them and we're making them selfishly. Not thinking about who's coming after us. And I just want to challenge you today as we close this today. There's some of you, you have to make moves and you have to make choices and decisions, not just for yourself, but because of your household and the generations after you. I am so glad. I'm telling you one of the things that makes, that I love so much in my life is when I think about my wife and I, if you know our story, we had to make some major decisions as it pertains to religion and we were a part of a religion that as we believe contradicts God's word and the gospel of Jesus Christ we had to make a massive move we had to make a massive shift 
and leave that organization because we believe that it was as we would say the antithesis or the anti the opposite of what Jesus teaches us in his word now we were ostracized and we were criticized and they bashed us and they talked about us and we lost community and we lost family it's a miracle that we are even in relationship with our family in this time but one of the things that blows my mind is that that decision that we made back then when we said as for me and my house we will serve the Lord that my kids uh, that Gabriel can tell you about the gospel and Noah can tell you about the gospel and Claire she can sing and talk about about the gospel even she's a three-year-old because when we made the decision that we made we made it thinking about those who were coming behind us you got options.